welcome to episode 84 of Running Matters podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hadfield, and today we've got an amazing athlete on in Sarah Foster. Now, Sarah lives on a remote cattle station in far north Queensland and pretty much exclusively does her running training on the cattle station. But in between uh, driving road trains and mustering cattle, she's managed to train hard enough to knock out some of the most impressive multi-stage, multi-day ultra-marathons over the past four or five years, you can imagine, and culminating in a win and course record at the Delirious West 200 miler in 2020, uh, which is a point-to-point race in WA, where she came in just under three full days of running, which is just an astounding feat. And so we, we learn how she can knock that sort of a race together. Um, but a very impressive athlete and very impressive story. A uh, quick thank you to our podcast partners, Goo Energy, Fractal Performance Headwear, Sydney Brewery, Gaimi Allah Health Centre, Basecamp Altitude, Precision Hydration, Ranella and Raid Light. Uh, and Sarah happens to be a Raid Light ambassador. So we'll chat about yeah, some packs and some gear that she's testing out for Raid Light. Uh, and don't forget, you can jump on and grab your running matters discounts from all of our podcast partners uh we'll also have a quick chat to sean the godfather tyndale who's with the wolfman and doing a little shoe review for us down there at ranella and just a quick apology for some of the internet issues uh, a couple little cutouts during the podcast interview today uh we'll just put it down to some some scratchy internet on uh, remote cattle stations in north queensland so we managed to punch on through the interview so without further ado Sarah. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to Sarah Foster. Um, we, we had a little bit of difficulty lining up this interview because you've been driving road trains and mustering cattle. How, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm well, thank you. So yeah, I had a few trips today um, and I was actually a little bit stressed that I had to be on video <laughs> but yeah no it was um had a good day and got some babies so that was good very good and so for for the listeners you are coming to us from esmeralda station in far north queensland how far from civilization is uh the cattle station sarah um, okay, so what what would you classify as civilization? So, I guess like the nearest, our, nearest, our nearest town, yeah, nearest town, which has a service station and not much else, hmm. um, is around 120 k's away. Okay. Um, so, I guess our nearest major city um, would be Cairns, which is uh, 850 k's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a quick day trip into into the big smoke. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> how of often fun. does that happen? How often do you get in there? Uh not probably not often enough. Usually, um, usually when I am traveling there, I'm running somewhere or doing something. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I um, we don't sort of yeah, I don't sort of get there that often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and to put some perspective on it, can you let us know how big the station is? I, I read up a bit. It's it's ginormous, but uh, exactly how big is it? Yeah, so um, it's it's a one million acre property. Um, 
and we run about 20,000 breeders on it, um, which is, is quite, it's quite a big property for, for North Queensland, especially in Queensland. Um, and to give you, I guess, some perspective is, um, so I ran, I had a 35K run, not yesterday, day before, and I just ran out on one of the station roads, um, pretty much straight road, um, and I was still say 15 20 kilometers from the boundary so um yeah still still on esmeralda station <laughs> okay amazing amazing so I, I guess um most most runners only know things in terms of strava and so i, I saw you knocked out almost 5,000 k's for 2020 would this even get you around esmeralda station once or um yeah, I don't know. I one one year we were fencing, and the fences that I did on my motorbike um, would have stretched from pretty much from Cairns to Brisbane. Um, wow. So, yeah, I guess I haven't really the boundary. Uh, we'll have to put that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, the next uh, <laughs> next challenge for Sarah. The Fox next challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And how long have you been on the on the property? Um, so I've been out here since 2013. Um, so I was a vet nurse and um, worked at a vet clinic for a fair, fair chunk of my life. Um, and then, yeah, my husband pretty much said, well, I'm not going to move to town. And he was living out here and I was living in town and we were doing the phone calls once a week um and seeing each other probably four or five times a year mm -hmm. and um yeah we sort of um three years into that we were like well I think something's got to change <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah for sure um and so what what is your your role I guess now that you're on the station what, what are you doing um, so I'm, I'm one of the managers. So my husband and I manage, um, the station is now owned by a, a company. So it's a, it's a corporate sort of, um, I guess, set up at the moment. Um, but we actually worked here previously for the family that owned it before they sold. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that sort of, um, set us up for, uh, well, put us in a really good position to, to come on as managers. Um, so yeah, day to day, I just sort of do really what I need to. Um, I do all the office work. So I do all the administration side of things um, and I go mustering. So I ride a horse or a bike, whatever, whatever is required of me. Um, and I drive the truck. So yeah, at the moment, the the truck driving is my main my main job. Um, yeah, so uh, bit of an all rounder, I suppose. <laughs> a jack, a jack of all trades and some and some serious skill set there, that's for sure. Um, were you guys <laughs> impacted at all by the COVID business over the last twelve months? Um, you know, living on a property like that, you could be forgiven for not knowing what was going on in the outside world, I suppose. Did it affect you? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, um, funny, like, I guess for the the more, um, yeah, amusing side of COVID was the, um, the biggest problem we had was getting toilet paper, believe it or not. Um, and look, that, you know, there's 
uh, anywhere from 12 to 25 people here at any one time um, living here at Esmeralda. So um, obviously buying toilet paper in bulk is was sort of frowned upon. Um, so, yeah, that was probably the biggest issue for us. Um, wow. Yeah. Some serious first world problems there, brought on by us city slippers, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> now, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll start talking about running eventually. But uh, what's your background in, in running? I assume you didn't start when you got to the, the cattle station. You had some grounding in it previously. Um, yeah, so I guess I, I began running to, um, to deal with the problems I was having with my mental health. Um, and I found that channeling, um, I guess channeling that, uh, I can't even think of the word, that emotion into running, um, it sort of gave me something to focus on, I guess is, um, yeah, that's sort of how I started running. Uh, I started running tracks of an athletic, uh, laps of an athletics oval. Mm. And um, where I grew up in Ingham, uh, the athletics track was within 200 meters of my house. And I just went down there one day and I was like, I'm gonna run 10 laps today. And I was stoked that I made it to four Ks and I was like, yeah, righto. And I did that for oh, six to 12 months. And then I was like, okay, it's time to sort of branch out a little bit. And I started running out along the roads and, um, and yeah, I, when I, I moved away from there, I sort of got into a little bit of triathlon. So triathlon was sort of kicking off on the, on the Atherton Tablelands and, sort of dabbled in a little bit of triathlon but obviously being out here um it's it's easier to concentrate on one one sport than three <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and, and I guess finding a 50 meter swimming pool would be fairly challenging there as well yeah yeah we we have a um we have dams and and I have a water hole but I I'm not very I, I tend to freak myself out a little bit when you can't see the bottom. Mm -hmm. And um, then like my heart rate just goes through the roof and I just don't enjoy it. So I don't do it, but yeah. I'm sure if I had someone to swim with, I'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure the other person swimming with you would account for the eels and what have you in the, you know, no, yeah, no good, no good at all. <laughs> and, and, and so obviously you found some affinity for running specifically and you, you've had some amazing results over the last sort of five or six years um i want to talk about i guess the first big ultra the the big red run in 2017 where you know you were fourth overall and first female which is an amazing result for a first you know big stage race big ultra marathon um what indication did you have that you were ready for such a monster undertaking <laughs> so uh track probably taking this back to the the mental health as aspect of it I um I was going through a really really tough time um I was yeah just um had a lot of a lot of trouble um dealing with life out here mm -hmm. um 
I'd never been, I, I haven't grown up isolate, like being isolated. Um, and at the, you know, like I've spent years and years and years out here being the only female um, and feeling, yeah, feeling really isolated that, there was no one around me that enjoyed doing the things that I wanted to do. Um, and I guess I like, I let those thoughts probably decline my mental health more than I should have. Um, but I guess it's all a learning curve. And, um, and I was seeing someone at that point in time and, um, he sort of led me into this whole aspect of making a goal and working towards a goal. And I had never, ever had a goal before. Mm. Um, and so I, I had actually flown to Brisbane to see him and I, um, I still keep in touch with him. He is an amazing man. So um, David from The Right Mind, I credit a lot of what I do now and who I am now to, to him. He's been an amazing person in my life. Um, and he pretty much said to me, well, I think that you should really channel the running into doing something. And I'd never given that much thought. I sort of just did it because I was probably running away and, and trying to escape. Um, and he said to me, well, I think that you should do something with it make a goal, um, go and find a race. And pretty much I typed into Google the hardest race in Australia. <laughs> it, it came up with the big red run. <laughs> <laughs> That's and so, and so I, I had my husband and I had a chat and I said, may I have, oh, I, I, the entry fee was, a couple of thousand dollars and then you had to um you had to fundraise as well and I pretty much said to my husband Bryce I was like uh may I have this money to go and do this race and at that point in time he was like whatever makes you happy whatever I can do to help you I'm going to do mm -hmm. and um and I sort of said well you know will you drive me to Birdsville and he said, yep, no worries. I'll, I'll drive you down there. That's not a problem. Um, so we sat down at the computer and we signed up for the race and I um, approached Joy McClymont, who does off the track training. Mm. And I just um, sort of said to her, look, can I have some guidance on a, on a program um, to compete in this race, like to just complete it? I, I had no doubt in my mind that I could definitely run it. Um, but I def I, I had no preconceived ideas that I'd be competitive. I, um, I was just going there to, to get it done. Hmm. So I find it amazing that you've got uh, no doubt in your mind that you can complete this race. You know, it's 250 Ks over five days through the middle of the desert, essentially, and you're confident on the back of uh you know not really any other racing that's um that's amazing <laughs> confidence <laughs> that's amazing um, well, I, I think you know like 
most of the reviews that I'd said uh, that I'd read about it was there was lots of sand so there's lots of sand on Esmeralda so I thought yeah I can definitely deal with that and the flies people were complaining about the flies and I was like well I can you know like we have flies here I can definitely deal with flies so I thought well the two is two like most talked about things on there I can deal with the flies in the sand but the running did they talk the about flies the in the sand. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and how, oh um, how long between Googling the hardest race in Australia and signing up and then the race? Like how long did you have to prep for this thing? Um, so I was seeing seeing David probably November, December of 2016. And then I had signed up by the second week in January. Mm-hmm. So the race was um around the 20th of june that year i think yeah 20 must have been the 22nd of june yeah Mm. and um so i had say four and a half months five months to Mm. sort of um and like in saying that my longest run before signing up like before signing up and getting a program from joy my longest run was 11 k's and i was like yep, righto, I'm going to do my long run today. And it was 11Ks. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Like I just <laughs> belted it out of the park. But um, long runs have become so much more than 11 kilometres. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, just in that race, you're running 84 or something ridiculous like that. Um, so did you, yeah. Yeah. did you get to the end of that run and go, look, I've actually got some talent here, you know. I've, I've done this. I've, I've won the race. I, I, I'm pretty good at this running caper um I probably harbor a lot of disbelief about myself like I I don't have a lot of self-confidence at all um and I think like getting to the end of the race I was just I was so stoked to have have finished I you know like I made a goal I went out there to run 250 Ks and I got it done. And I think like, I was just, I, the most special thing about that was like the look of pride on my husband's face on the finish line. Like there was emotion and he's not an emotional person at all. Well, he doesn't show emotion. Um, So I think that was really special that, you know, I had made him proud and, Mm -hmm. Um, like I kind of thrive on that and um, I just met the most beautiful people like we we call it our big red run family and I have had over the past what is it five years now no four years since that race um, like I've been to other races where the runners have been that I met at um, big red run and we just uh, like we're the same we connect um they're beautiful people and we stay in touch and yeah I'm just so grateful because I feel like that race has shaped me as a person now well it's it's shaped my my life and um it's just yeah. Hmm. Hang on. 
Just cut out for a sec there. Must be there. Yeah. <laughs> Internet in far north Queensland. That's okay. Um, Sorry. No, no, no. All good. All good. So from there, it didn't take you long by the looks of things to sign up for, you know, more races and branching out quite quickly to an international race in the States. Uh, the Grand to Grand yeah. in 2018. <laughs> so on the race website, there's a photo of a massive tarantula, a crazily blistered up foot and an article about heat illness. So we are immediately drawn to this run based on the website or what? Um, actually, so I was, I was, um, sucking into that race from two, two of the guys that I ran big red run with mm. and they were like, let's go and do the grand to grand. And I, I was like, oh yeah, you know, awesome. I had no idea what the grand to grand was. <laughs> I was just like, yep, righto, let's go and do it. Um, so we uh we signed up for that um again I had to broach the subject with my husband and say may I please do this race um I need this much money is that okay and I think this will be it for me I I think you know I'll go over and I'll do this race and this will be it for me I think I'll be done Mm. And he's like, yeah, right, right. Yeah, no worries. Um, so we go to the Grand Canyon and it was just, it was amazing. Like, mm. I love looking at the photos from that race. Um, I have only ever wanted to go to the States to see the Grand Canyon. Like, um, I'm not one of those people that wants to go to New York to see New York. Um like I just the Grand Canyon I have just had this draw to it for my entire life um and it was so special to sit on the edge of the canyon with your feet dangling in to the canyon with everything that you needed for seven days on your back like there is there is no other feel like I can't even describe it I've got goosebumps talking about it now Mm -hmm. um but it was just it was such a spiritual um race like I just I love well I can't say I loved every moment of that race I did it tough on the long day (laughs) um where I was still climbing sand dunes at 10 o'clock at night um but I had a I had a really good race there and I was um I was really happy with with how I ran and I just I think after that race was when I thought well, I could, I, I, I might be able to be competitive um, in this in this sport. And and you, you seem to have uh, had this affinity for that stage racing, you know, style thing. Do, do, do you think you're you're specifically suited to that kind of racing? How, how does that come about? I don't know. Like I, you know. Um, there's a lot of stigma around what a runner should look like. And um, I guess if you looked at me, you wouldn't think that I was a runner. Um, I mean, I'm short, I'm muscly, like I'm not lean. um, I'm not tall. I don't have long legs. So I guess um, having the strength 
uh, I, I can put it down to having the strength to carry 10 kilos for seven days. Yeah. Um, I like, um, and I guess probably my job is, you know, I'm, I am on my feet from four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and we don't finish until seven, eight o'clock at night. Um, I don't get an hour's lunch break. I don't get smoke breaks. It's, um, it's from the time that I start in the morning to the time that I finish at nighttime, it's full on. And when I have to fit 20 to 30 hours of training in around my job, um, I guess that kind of shapes me to be able to tackle um, things that, can I say, a normal person wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you, you can absolutely to, say that. <laughs> I don't know how to put that nicely. Like, you just, no. uh, people always ask me, like, is there something wrong with you? And, well, you know, maybe there is, but it makes me happy, so I'm going to continue to do it. <laughs> no, you, you've got to assume that's the right thing. It's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's, it's an amazing thing to be able to use that talent. That's brilliant. And so uh, over the next couple of years, you've, you've knocked out you know, the Alps, the Ocean Stage Race, Herbaton. You've come second in both of those races. And then 2020 rolls around and somehow you're dragged in to do, I think, a new race potentially, the Delirious West 200 Miler. Um, which is not a stage race, it's just all in one hit. So 200 miles, 350 k's. Who convinced you to take part in the Delirious West? Oh, geez. That's a tough one. Um, Look, I think it was just um, sitting on the bus back into Vegas from the Grand Canyon. The guys were like, Oh, there's this stage race in New Zealand we should go and do. And I literally had 12 weeks between when I got home to Australia to when I flew out to New Zealand. And I was just thinking, oh, my God, my husband is going to kill me when I say, hey, can I have more money for this race? <laughs> and um, and it's in New Zealand. <laughs> so um, uh, we, we went over, we raced New Zealand. When I say we, I talk about my husband and I because he's like this gigantic support system. And I, I kind of feel like when I do a race, it's a we thing because it's a team and he is my team. Um, and we were sort of sitting in, in New Zealand and I was like, oh, I probably we probably can't afford for me to travel overseas again next year and um and he was like well you know we'll just do we'll do what we've got to do and we were like okay yep no worries and I got home to Australia and we sort of we were chatting bits and pieces and I um that was the year that I ran the Herbaton and um then raced down, flew down and ran city to surf the weekend after. And because that was just a race I'd never seen that many people in my whole entire life. And it was just insane. And um, before that, we'd sort of, I, I don't even know how I found it. I, I think I was just looking for, you know, like ultra distance races in Australia. Mm. And um I came across Delirious 
and it had it was it was the second I'd read Finding Gobi, so I knew who Dion Leonard was, and I was like, yes, that is my next race because that is awesome. And I I had listened to his podcast, I had listened to Kai Brett's, I had listened to Candice's podcast on Delirious, and I was like, yeah, that's me. That's the next one. Yeah. And um, I rang my coach and I was like, I have found it. I have found the one. And she was like, what? And I sent her the link and she just sent me this emoji with, you know, the big eyes. Yeah. And it was like, what, what? And then it, she just said, um, I know like, I will support you in anything that you want to do. So if this is what you want to do, then let's do it. And there was no looking back once we committed. It was, yeah, that was it. Unbelievable. And uh, just doing some some research on the race, it, it goes through some incredible stuff like, you know, sand, sand dunes, treetop walks, boat rides along the beach. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an incredible way to see Australia, that's for sure. Did you take some time to have a look around or were you just looking at the feet the whole time? Oh, look, I have albums and albums of photos. Um, and I guess that that's pretty special too because um, I have photos from all of my teammates. Um, my mum and dad flew over to crew. Um, so I had my husband, I had my mum and dad. Um, I had a good friend that I um, met while I was working on the Tablelands and I had my coach. Um, so we were a team of, what's that make us? A team of six. Um, and everyone took photos, which was fantastic because um, I can safely say that after the first 24 hours, um, there's actually like, there's no concept of, much at all it's um just one foot in front of the other <laughs> yeah for sure yeah I'm, I'm not sure how you can be taking things in that brain's uh in a bit of trouble after 24 hours that's for sure <laughs> and now uh, I, I believe you um conned your non-runner husband into knocking out a cheeky 25 k's to pace you at one point during the, during the race oh it was amazing it was so good and he just like he just pushed and pushed and pushed and you know like at that point I was dragging my toes and he actually signed up so he did um two different sections so the first section was um called monkey rocks and it was literally like straight up climbing over these boulders and I can't even remember how many kilometers that I'd done by then, but I know that I'd run, I'd run through two nights. So it must've been the third day. And um, we hit this monkey rocks and both of my paces, um, my coach had just come from um, Tarawera. So two weeks before delirious, she'd run the miler at Tarawera and um, my, my other pacer, um, Tamara was uh she had knocked out back-to-back runs the longest runs that she had done and um she was just amazing and they were they were pretty tired so was I but I didn't have that luxury and um my husband was like well you know I'll do this section 
and um, I think the, the the section was 14 kilometres and we had to, there was a ferry that left on the hour, every hour. So if you got there at 12.59, you could catch the ferry. But if you got there at 1, you you had to wait a full hour to catch the next ferry. And um, anyway, we went into this section and I was like, yep, I reckon that we can do this section in this much time, so let's just punch it out. And he was like, yep, yep, yep. And I'm climbing and I was just like absolutely shattered. And he's like, come on, keep going, keep going. We got to the top and then we're like running down the other side and we got to the bottom and he's like, okay, you've got this much time and it's this much kilometers. And I was like, yep, okay, we can punch out six minute kilometers. Let's go. So we like just started running for the, this ferry to catch this ferry. And um yeah just we 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 got there at uh look i i would say it was 159 oh i thought it was 159 but on their clock it was two o'clock and they were like no okay that's it and i was just like i couldn't believe we put in that much effort at that at that point in the race like Mm -hmm. to to smash that out um and i was just i was absolutely shattered and um so the guys, they got me a couple of ice creams, had a beer, um, had a swim and put my feet up for an hour. And um, then like the, the, so I was in second place at that time. And John, who was in first, was having a camp in the tent. And, um, and then uh, I think it was like five minutes before the ferry turned up the other two rolled in like third and fourth, fourth place. So that was the second male and the second female. And um, like, I was, I I was feeling pretty refreshed. Like I'd been laying down for an hour and that was the longest I had sat still since three days before. Hmm. Um, So I I was feeling pretty good. And um, we got on to the boat and we like the four of us were just sitting there and it was sort of like, you were trying to be upbeat with the conversation, but you didn't actually know what you were saying because you were just that sleep deprived. Mm. And um, they dropped us off on the other side. And I was just like, as soon as my feet hit solid ground, I was like, see ya, I'm going. <laughs> and um, yeah, just like, I reckon it was the beer. Had to be the beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. It's a uh, good, good shout out to Sydney Brewery. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been one of theirs, I'm sure. Um, now, now to put in some uh, perspective, so 350 k's, a tick under 72 hours, and you just talk about having a rest for an hour. But in 72 hours, how much are you sleeping there? Um, so I had I had 40 minutes sleep. Um, I had um, the. I ran through the second night and when I came into the, the aid station the third morning, um, I had, um, no, that night before, sorry. So the second night I, we were climbing sand dunes around midnight and I said to my pacer, I said, uh, I just need to lay down. And um, she was like, yep, right, no worries. And I said, 10 minutes, that's it. I don't want any more. I just, 10 minutes, that's it. So she set an alarm and like they were 
so blissful those 10 minutes they were just like she reckons that I snored and everything because when she woke me up I felt like I'd had so much sleep it was just amazing Mm. and um we kept running and she sort of said to me what are your thoughts on having like a, a good nap in the morning and I was like yeah I think I feel like that would be a good option um we came into the aid station the next morning and I had some pancakes and um they wrapped me in a blanket and we had uh, a camper van. So they wrapped me in a blanket and put me in the bed in the camper van. And I swear, like, as soon as my head hit the pillow, I was done. And um, Bryce came in about uh, after half an hour and woke me up. And he was like, you were dreaming and everything. You were talking in your sleep. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm tired. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, we got up and, and, punched out the rest of the race and I think like by that point we were like the finish line is just there you can almost smell it and so there was yeah there was there was no stopping after that uh it was just yeah punched out amazing and and was there a bit of a battle (laughs) between you and the second place woman at that stage or were you sort of pretty comfortably in first then um no no it was it was pretty tight um like the, my crew kept me sort of, um, they, they kept me pretty well informed of like where she was behind me. Cause they were watching a dot and I didn't, I, I didn't go into delirious thinking that I, I would be competitive. Um, again, it was just, it was one of those races where I thought I definitely think that I could do it. And I wrote out a game plan. That was one thing my coach said to me was, she said, I want you to break the race down bit by bit, checkpoint by checkpoint. And, um, and I, w- I want you to plan it out. Like I want you to have a plan going into this race, what you're going to eat where. And I estimated the times that I thought that it would take me each checkpoint. And I wrote all the times down and, um, I sent it through to her and I said, I, I believe that I can do this in under 72 hours. And um, she was sort of like, she said to me, well, I'm not going to say, yes, I definitely think that you can do that. She said, but if that's what you've put down, then we'll work towards that. And I was like, mm-hmm. yep. Okay. I, I think in my mind that that's possible. And um and I guess, um, so Jen, the second female, she was running, she was running pretty close behind me pretty much the whole way. Um, like, I don't, I don't think that she was ever more than an hour and a half behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, we ran the first 10, 12 kilometers together and, um, had a bit of a chat. And then I sort of said, well, I'm just going to poke off and, and, you know, keep, keep going and settle into a pace. And she was like, yep, no worries. I'll, I'll chat to you later. Or, you know, and I always say, yep, I'll see you down the track a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I didn't see her until that checkpoint that I had the half hour sleep at. Um, she came in and was sleeping as well when I left. Um, and she didn't leave that that far behind me. And then when I got into the ferry, um, 
she, yeah, she, she was only 50 minutes behind me, 55 minutes behind me, which wasn't much, but um, I kind of, I, in my mind, I was thinking, well, you know, I've, I've had an hour's rest and, um, and she hasn't. Um, and when I got off that boat, I was like, well, I, I felt fresh, if that makes sense. Like you, I felt fresh and I was like, yo, I can, I can definitely, you know, the finish line's not that far away now. Um, and I think I put a fair bit of pace between us in that last from the ferry to the finish line. Um, I, yeah, I can't remember what she got in, in but there is a, there's a fair bit of time between us. <clears throat> It's amazing to uh, use the term fresh on day three with 40 minutes sleep. I reckon that's classic. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's probably like when you, when you think about what you were feeling like fresh is probably a pretty good word for it. (laughs) You can tell yourself some amazing things. Um, Like the, um, the, the 72 hour, you know, spreadsheet that you put together and you know, you, you're within an hour of that, which is quite unbelievable. Um, I mean, this is not sort of taking the piss or anything, but what, what happens if you write 70 hours for that? Do you think you come in in 70 hours or do you think 72 was the, uh, the limit there? <clears throat> no, like, uh, without, I, I, like without sounding arrogant or, um, yeah, but I, I definitely think like the more that I analyse that race and the more that I analyse where I spent time and you know like the first night I had a meltdown for 45 minutes an hour at an aid station where I just sat there and cried Mm -hmm. um and I said to my husband I I'm done that's it I want to go home and he was like you're not going home you're going to finish this he's like the next the next stage is only 10ks you've only got to do 10 more kilometers and then you can have a pacer and I was like and he's like Tamara's so excited to run with you (laughs) and I was like okay I'll just get this next 10ks done and um but I like I sat there and cried for yeah 45 minutes to an hour and um I just it was just I was in a really bad place and the more, you know, like the more that I think about that, well, I probably rested my body for an hour there, but um, the more that I think about that, that's, that's probably wasted time that I could definitely have taken off the total time. Um, and probably the time that I spent in checkpoints where I um, sat down in the checkpoints and mum and dad cleaned my shoes and, made sure my feet were okay and I sat down and had food um you know like maybe maybe if I'd taken that food and just walked um you know it it wouldn't have mattered if I'd walked one kilometer one and a half kilometers that's still distance um instead of sitting in a camp chair and eating like um yeah the more like the more you spend analyzing it obviously the better you think that you could do but I I do think that I could I could definitely give it another try um but I took on I took on the race director um of Delirious this year so that takes me out for racing oh wow okay the other side of the fence very good 
There you yeah, go. yeah. All right. So I've got uh, I've got a couple of listener questions that have come in for you, actually, Sarah. So th this is from uh, Raid Light Alex, and he wants to know how long it takes you to run to your letterbox. To my letterbox. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we don't have a letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. So, no, <laughs> to the edge of the property, you talked about it before. So, what is it about 50k? Yeah. To, so, like the house, um, there's a main, a main high, uh, not a main highway, but a main road that runs through. Um, so, the boundary on either side of the house on the main road is 45 kilometers. Mm -hmm. um, so, the house is pretty much smack bang in the middle, and we've got 90 kilometers of main road in between, like, running through us um but the furthest the furthest boundary um is probably 60 k's i'd say okay. by like um as the crow flies yeah yep. there you go that's 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 it's a long way to chat to the neighbors that's for sure and um you, you, you've yeah, had a, yeah. an association with raid light started up um how are you enjoying the gear yeah, I've um so I've used the red light packs for quite a few years now. Um, they ac accompanied me um, to Big Red um, and Grand Grand and the, the Alps Ocean, and, and I, I um I'm still using. I used it to fast pack the Hinchinbrook Island last year, mm. which was amazing. Um, and yeah, I just um, am pretty stoked that it's now being stocked in Australia because I can remember ordering my first raid light pack and it took three, nearly three months to get here mm. um, from, uh, I think I ordered it from France, direct from France. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty stoked that he's in Australia and he's taken it on now. So it's awesome. And he is the fun guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a good fella. He's a good fella. And I'm the same as you. I've been using their packs for quite a few years now and, yeah, grab, grabbing it from Europe in the first place. But it is some impressive stuff. So uh, if anyone wants to jump online and use the Running Matters discount code, go for it. 20% off your raid light gear. It's a good deal. Um, we're, we're also pretty lucky to be able to duck down the road to our local running store, Ranala, and try on some shoes and pick up some gear. <laughs> how, how do you sort that out? How do you try on a new pair of shoes? What, what works for you? Oh, I don't ever get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, like, um, there's a lot of things that probably people don't take into account of where I live and how much preparation goes into a race. Um, you know, like I have to have our, our mail, I get mail twice a day, uh, twice a week. Um, and so I guess when I'm purchasing items to run and race with, um, I need to be really organized at when they're going to arrive. Um, so that's nutrition, um, shoes, socks, packs, whatever I need for a run. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty tough. I don't really ever get to, um, try shoes on. I have, I, 
I used to run in Innovate um, for a very long time. I ran in Innovate for seven years. Um, and then the Innovate um, supplier in Australia um, stopped, stopped supplying Innovate and it was really difficult to get them. And I chatted to Chris from Injinji um, Performance Products in Brizzy there uh, quite a few times before um, just with using the Injinji socks. Um, that's where I bought my socks from for a lot of years, I suppose. And, yeah, I rang him and I said, look, this is my problem. I, um, I've been a diehard Innovate runner and um, I need to find some shoes to wear now. And um, so he said, Rado, why don't you try Topo? And I said, Rado, let's do it. And I have not worn another shoe since then. And that's that relationship now has been going on for three years, I think now I'm up to. Um, and really grateful, really grateful for Chris. Um, he's amazing. If I want to, like, I'll message him on a Sunday and I can guarantee you he'll message straight back. Um, yeah, so he's been, like, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is, what, what um what day of the week it is if I call him and I have a problem he is always there um and he has been supplying my shoes now for yeah for around three years and I love them so yay yeah Topo is yeah my footwear of choice unreal and uh speaking of footwear we're just going to quickly throw across to Sean and the Wolf for a shoe review over another Hey, Sean, thanks for uh, having us down at Ranala. Pleasure, mate. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. Um, mate, the, the Hocker Rocket, we're, uh, we're, we're looking at their top-line yeah. top shoe. Rocket X. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's pretty impressive. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. You've been wearing the Carbon X. I've been wearing the Carbon X, and this one feels like a bit of a step up from that. Yeah, it is. It's the Carbon X is two hundred and thirty nine grams. Yep. Where the Rocket X is two ten, so it's you know twenty grams lighter. Um, and yeah, it, you will feel big difference. Yeah. Big difference. It's a single density foam as well um, throughout the whole shoe, um, which means just it's just a the whole from toe toe to toe off or toe to heel is just a single foam. Yeah. Um, it's got a full carbon plate in it as well and the feedback that we're getting is the the plate's quite flexible yep. in this shoe um compared to probably the, the carbon x yep. um, which is a little bit stiffy it gets a little bit kick a bit of a kick off the 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 plate but this seems to be nice and it's a smooth transition yeah um, when you're running have you yep. felt that i have i it, it feels like a bit of a an all-rounder where it's it's super comfortable doing mm. a longer run in it and it also feels light enough where you'd sort of definitely race in them as well. Yeah, that's the feedback we're getting is it's a versatile shoe that is great for training, yep. but it's light enough as well to run in. Yep. Um, so you, you're getting the miles up. Uh, you can get the miles up through your training as well because there is a lot of, you know, it's a 30-25 stack height, which so there's a lot of protection underneath. So putting some miles on the shoe on the road, um, it's giving that foot that nice soft sort of protection yep. um and as well 210 grams on race day it's it's light 
yeah. uh, and you know it'll, anything up to a marathon which yeah. you know which um, the feedback's been really good um, it's a it's a shoe that's that's fast um, for fast runs yeah no I'd, I'd definitely recommend it for the long runs and I'd definitely wear it in a marathon no questions so yeah so, yeah I'm really impressed it's a, it's a nice shoe sizing wise We've had. I would probably go. It, a few people have gone down half a size, um, but it's a shoe that yeah I would try on and try out before you buy it. Yeah, um, yeah, sizing can be a bit bit out, so it's always um, yeah good to sort of put it on, have a run in any store that you before you buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah but no, lot. It's a really to me the only downfall I find is it's a single width. So that if you are a little bit broad, um, it can feel a little bit tight around that toe box. Yeah. So possibly going up that half a size might fix that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the only negative that I can really say about the shoe is is that basically it's rare. Yeah. <laughs> um, numbers, uh, once we sell out, it's hard to get again until next season. So yeah, hopefully um, in the future, it's a shoe that will grow and Hocker will obviously increase their numbers of, yeah. of ordering yeah and we we can um get more of it yeah which is well, good to see yeah well the, the carbon x is a great alternative anyway it is yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's a great shoe to have both yeah. in your shoe kit if you are that that hocker carbon wearer yeah um and yeah to, to alternate and have them both is, is yeah yeah and just that the carbon x range um good starting point if you if you want to wear a plate shoe like yes. if you haven't sort of gone over to a plated shoe it is a really good cushion shoe yeah. that provides the support yeah so a uh, great place to start if you're thinking about going down that road yeah i would go in the carbon x first yep. carbon x2 now we're up to um before before i sort of ventured into this one um yeah as you've done and as said the transition you'll find probably the transition better um, when you put that on and go, wow, um, yeah, it's rather than be going that straight off the bat, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. All right, well, uh, I'm enjoying They look pretty flash too. I like the colours. Yeah, good yeah. colours. Yeah, yeah, it gets noticed. Yeah. So uh, it's nice, mate. Yes. And uh, how's the new store going? You've moved down down the mall a bit? We have, yes. Yeah. Store's going great. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Yeah, couldn't be happier. Jen and I, uh, yeah, we've been busy. Um, yeah, it's a lot lighter, a lot brighter. Uh, you know and we've uh, yeah it's going really well we can't we've so we've got to organize a a social run for yep. the the listeners yep. as well yep. um probably after the canberra marathon in a couple of weeks that you're doing so we can share stories yeah you can get up there and gloat how you've <laughs> nearly nearly beaten the two hour mark <laughs> um mate the with the new store have you thought about putting a bar in I'll run it by Jen, but yeah. yeah, possibly that might yeah yeah take a bit of yeah convincing convincing yeah. It has crossed your mind though. It has yeah. always yeah yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. on the back burner. There's a bar fridge out the back. Yeah yeah. That's as close as I've got. I'm, I'm familiar <laughs> with the bar fridge. <laughs> yes yeah. yeah. It may grow. It may get bigger. It's only a mini one at the moment. But, yeah. But yeah, no, that's something that we'll, we will look at. Yeah, that's, that's good. And uh, the Royal Double Ultra is coming up. I have, yeah. That's what I was going to get to with that. I've yeah. seen a sneaky 
Yep, we've we've got a date. date date locked in. So it's the weekend of the first of August. So people have plenty of time to recover from UTA. Yes. And uh, if you're doing coast track, you can uh, fit in fit in that event before coast track as well. Yes. So we sort of identified that'd be a good date to work for, with people. And uh, so first of August. Yep, yeah, that yep. weekend. Yep. And um, yeah, you were down there last. You had a stall down there last year, so um, yes. good to see you down there again this year. I will be there. Yeah, yeah, and awesome. possibly doing a couple of laps. Doing a few laps. Yes, that'd be good. Yeah. So okay. will the will the course be the same? Yeah, the course will be the same. We might just swap the days. So okay. We might have um, Saturday at Heathcote and yep. then Sunday at Grays Point. Grays Point. Yep. Yeah. So we can finish up Sunday and just go straight to the grazing point for a few beers afterwards. Yeah, yeah. sounds good. Yeah, that's yeah, the plan. Yeah, no, looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it'll come around quick. So, um, but anyway, we'll organise this uh, social run at Ranulla. Yes. And uh, do a bit of a catch up and catch up with everyone. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. well, restrictions after this weekend uh, lift nearly, uh, I think, back to normal. Yeah, So it'll be interesting, yeah. 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 So that'll be good. Well, thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure. uh, Yeah, I'll uh, look forward to uh, catching up again soon. Yeah. Thanks, mate. See ya. And we're back. (laughs) So uh, what what about um, support like a massage therapist or a physio chiro? I I imagine you can't just pop in for an appointment on a Monday morning if you've got a few niggles. So how how do you deal with that aspect of running long distances? That'd be amazing to be able to pop in for a massage, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, I, I don't, yeah, I um, don't have that luxury. I, um, I have a physio who lives in my hometown that um, we, we video chat or um, he'll come out and visit or when I go home to see my parents, I'll go and see him. Um, so he's been, he's been really supportive. Um, and I have a massage gun so that my husband gets to massage me with the massage gun. <laughs> Perfect. He's a bit of a jack of all trades, your husband. He's, uh, he does it all. Oh, he? <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. And, and like, <laughs> he popped his head in there before and is giving me a funny look, but, um, yeah, no, if I say to him, oh, oh, can you smash up, massage my calf muscles if I just lay down on the couch? And he'll be like, okay. <laughs> what a champion. So, yeah, no, he, he's pretty. He's a pretty top bloke, so, yeah. And he's a massage service <laughs> when you've got a husband. Okay, so another, yeah. another listener question's coming from the Strava Hunter. So was your motivation to move to a remote cattle station in FNQ purely based on adding to your collection of Strava crowns? <laughs> Do I have a collection of Strava crowns? I imagine you must. I can't imagine anyone else is knocking them out in uh, Esmeralda <laughs> Station there. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't want to offend anyone, but I, I don't even ever look at Strava. <laughs> it just, um, I, I, it's just like, something that Garmin connects to and it's just this other I I actually don't ever even open the app up (laughs) well you've 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 saved yourself countless hours so well done well done (laughs) (laughs) I I do want to talk about the k's and the logistics of the kilometers for you so 
looks yeah. like you're getting 100 plus k's a week in there obviously with 5000 k's in a year where do you squeeze it in i imagine trying to avoid the heat is a pretty big consideration for you yeah um so over um obviously october november december january february so <laughs> 5 months of the year um we we will have well over 40 degree heat um so it'll it'll range anywhere from 40 to 45 46 we had a 47 last year um so it gets pretty hot um i won't say that i'm lucky enough but in the past i've had to uh run really early in the morning so 2 33 o'clock in the morning um it's still quite humid then um but I had to have a shoulder reconstruction last year and um, I was blessed by my husband with a treadmill. <laughs> so it's, it's actually been really good. Um, this, this year I've been uh, able to run when I get out of the truck at night time. So if I finish in the truck at 7.30 at night, I can still come home and, run 20 kilometers on the treadmill um or i can get up in the morning and still run before i start work at 4 35 o'clock so um it's been i've i've been really the last six months i've been really fortunate but before that um i feel like i'm really like kissing my husband's ass and sorry if i'm not supposed to say ass but um, for as much as you like. Like he he would make my lunch for me um and take my clothes, my work clothes, and saddle my horse and put it on the truck. And um I would run out to where we're start where we were starting mustering at the at the time. So um I, I might start running three, three thirty, depending on what what um my run was that day. So I might run 25, 30 kilometres out to where we're starting mustering and then quickly jump into my jeans and work clothes and then have my breakfast that Bryce has packed for me and jump on my horse and do the day's mustering and come home. And if I still had running to do, I'd do it after work. Um, but, yeah, uh, just sort of communication with Brass and he knows how important it's been to me to to achieve my goals and um so if I've now if I've got to run and I'm in the truck and I've got to get out of the truck by four o'clock in the afternoon to get my run done um Bryce will jump in the truck and do the last load for me or um yeah he really tries to make it work for for me and um allow me to get my my training in um so yeah it, it's we sort of make it work yeah that's um that, that is an amazing use of time for anyone else listening out there that's saying they don't have time for a run that is utter horseshit if you just heard that it's always <laughs> fitted in somewhere <laughs> unbelievable now, um I, I imagine yeah, the- station life is a pretty blokey existence so is running a way for you to maintain a connection with some of the sisters out there. Um, which female runners do you look up to and sort of follow their progress? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, 
I love, I, I just, I guess um, women, women are probably known for knocking each other down. And um, I just, I kind of feel like we need to, um, instead of, instead of knocking people down, I, I, we really need to support each other. Um, and I just, the, the women that I have met along the way have just been unreal. Um, and I, I am really grateful that I have this connection with them because it does make me feel like I'm part of something. Um, especially living out here with a lot of men. Um, uh, yeah, it, it just gives me, it gives me something to relate to and yes, I can still do it. I may not be able to run 20 Ks and have a coffee at the end with my friends and sit down and have a bit of a chat, but, um, I still feel like I, I'm a part of something like, um, a lady that, um, I chat to in Brisbane has just recently done an FKT on the BVRT mm. and um, I, I have never met her, but I've messaged and chatted to her and I just feel like she's a bloody champion and she's made me feel like I'm a part of her journey as well. Um, Lucy Bartholomew, every time I send her a message, she writes back. Um, and I can only imagine how many times, like how many messages she gets. Um, and I'm like, I'm lucky enough to be going to her running camp this weekend in the Sunshine Coast, which I am so bloody excited about. And, you know, like, I, I, I could get women out there that are just kicking ass and it is so good to see. It so is. good to see. It is. And, and speaking of uh, women kicking ass out there, we've got a uh, listener question, or two questions actually, are coming from Steph Austin. So uh, Steph, <laughs> Steph wants to know uh, whether you would ever enter the Barkley Marathon. She, she thinks that's right up your alley. <laughs> well, Steph, Steph was another, like, wild card that I just had the opportunity to meet. And... Um, it was just after I'd had my shoulder reconstruction and we got to go for a few runs together. Um, she was living on the tablelands and that's where I was doing my recovery. And um, yeah, just a phenomenal athlete. Um, but Barkley, yeah, Barkley would be amazing. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. Just, I am. Um, was heading for the triple crown this year in the States, but um, obviously COVID's put a damper on that. Um, but I think triple crown had Trump Barkley for me. Just, yeah, sure. I, I, yeah, I'm, I think Barkley I'd stress way too much about getting lost and I'm not very good with mapping and stuff like that. <laughs> well, maybe not that one. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> and uh, she, she also wants to know if, if you had to design a race, where would it be and, and how long would it be? Oh, really? Mm -hmm. um, look, like my, I, I have this dream of running a race here at Esmeralda. Um, and 
I, I messaged a few, a few of my friends the other day um, and we just threw some ideas around about having a running camp um, in August here. Um, and one of them suggested a backyard ultra oh. and we could, we could do that. <laughs> we could definitely do that. Um, but look, like Esmeralda is so vast. Um, we have a lot of different country, like country land types. Um, and I reckon I could create a pretty killer race here, whether it be a multi-day um, multi-day stage race or a, or a backyard ultra, I reckon that I could definitely make something work. Okay. That's, that's one for the cards. I reckon that's a great, <laughs> great call. We'll be involved for sure. Um, I, I want yeah. to chat about a couple of logistical things about running around a cattle station. So have you got yep. a foolproof method for hurdling cattle grates? Because I've tried you know, prancing over it sort of two at a time, trying the gigantic leap. Um, how, how do you do it? You know what? They always end up in the middle of my speed intervals. Like, I can guarantee you that it will not be in the easy jog or the walk section. It is always in the speed work. And it's just like, you can't plan around that. Um but uh, I guess um, I just, uh, I just, I'm terrified of slipping in between and then putting my hand down to stop my fall and my hand falling through the crit as well. So um, I just sort of like hop every two. So I choose the bars and I hop across. Um, if I'm feeling really unsure, like if, if I'm, doing proper speed work I just stop and walk across them because I just I'm like someone might not find me for a few hours <laughs> so yeah. you've got to you've got to you've got to take that into account <laughs> yeah there are a few different considerations there that's for sure what about yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the local wildlife I can imagine far north Queensland there's got to be some serious snakes out there right um, no, we're, we're actually pretty good for snakes. I, I can, in, in nine years, I can probably count the amount of snakes I've seen on one hand. Wow. Um, the thing, uh, I've been stalked by dingoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been followed, I've been followed for a few kilometers by dingoes, um, quite a few times. Um, if I'm running at nighttime, I've got this mantra where I only ever look in front of me. I never look at behind, I never look behind me to see what's following me. Um, so I only ever look in the lamp straight ahead. Um, and I put my headphones in so I can't hear anything because if I hear noises, it freaks me out. And anyway, um, but yeah, no, just, um, I've been chased by a pig and um, that was just because my dog, went to the pig and then the pig decided that it was going to chase the dog and the dog ran straight back to me. And then the pig ran and chased me and the dog. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of the extent of it. There's no sort of, um, uh, we don't have dangerous snakes or anything Just really. The, um, we're pretty good pig, spiders. We've got these massive dingoes. spiders that are like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds exactly like running around Sydney. It's the same, you know. Yeah. 
what what about um, the, the headlamp? How many lumens are you spitting out? You'd want to have some serious light, wouldn't you? Um, I have a, um, a LED lens. Uh, I think it might be a 700 lumen, yeah. I think. Um, and it, it's pretty awesome. I used it for Delirious um, and the girls did charge it for me during the day and it would last from, you know, dark to daylight. Um, so, yeah, it, it's pretty good. I bought, um, yeah, bought that from Wild Earth on the coast. And, um, yeah, it, that, that's sort of the only headlight that I, that I use. Mm. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. Just on the sort of running and racing being a positive influence on your mental state, how was the lack of races or goals in the last 12 months? How, how did that affect your psychology? Um, well, I guess I was pretty, I was pretty lucky to race delirious um because that was sort of when covid was just taking off um and i can remember having the conversation with my husband when we were flying to perth and we were sort of like well we'll just we're just gonna roll with it and see what happens and um we literally flew back into cairns and then queensland closed its borders Mm. um and so I guess, I guess how I could answer that would be um, I'm pretty grateful that I live where I live um, because I cannot imagine what it would have been like to live in Victoria and have a five-kilometre radius around your house or an hour to be outside because, like, I don't think I would have coped that well at all. Um, being out here I was I was pretty lucky that I could still go and run for three four hours outside and um I think yeah I I like that definitely pulled me through because I knew that a lot of people couldn't do that and one of my friends he ran a marathon in his apartment in Brisbane and I just thought like like I, I could not do that. That's just not in my mental capacity to be able to apply myself to something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty grateful that I lived where I live. Um, I fell over in delirious and um, fractured my, uh, fractured my um, socket for my shoulder. Um, and I had a lot of trouble with that after coming home from delirious I think because everything was hurting that was sort of not significant um and my shoulder kept on dislocating in my sleep and it was horrid um so we kind of figured that there was not going to be anything happening for the year so we'd get that operated on and see the recovery period out um while there was nothing happening. So I kind of feel like I took advantage of it. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a great, great perspective there for sure. Um, and, and so you spoke about not being able to go over and do the Triple Crown thing in the States. What, what is next on the agenda for you? Um, so I have been, I've been working towards um, the Irrational 
Irrational South. So it's Sean's second 200 miler. Um, the, so Delirious was obviously the first that he created. Um, and then the Irrational South, which is in South Australia, it runs from the Murray Bridge to Clare on the Lavender Federation Trail. So I guess um, I can't, he swindled me into that. So, Sean, that's on you. Um, <laughs> and then he is currently creating his third. So kind of Australia's, um, Australia's ultra running is looking like it's moving really well and positively. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a triple crown in Australia is on the cards quite soon. Mm. And a little birdie told me that it might be uh, getting closer to my backyard, race number three. Uh, Blue Mountains, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Is that, is that where Blue you're Mountains. located? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll, I, I, I would like to see your name on the entrant list then. That'd be awesome. Mate, uh, 100 Ks in a row seems to be about my limit. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how... <laughs> how twisty the arm gets towards the, the race. Yeah. <laughs> or you'll get like race, uh, not race envy, but you know, like someone will sign up that, you know, and they'll be talking about it and you'll be like, Oh, I don't want to miss out. And then that's how it happens. And then yeah. you forget about, you forget about how much pain or how much it hurt before. And then you're like, yep. Yeah, okay. No worries. It's like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> It's exactly right. I'm uh, notoriously uh, prone to FOMO, so it could well happen. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And so uh, how how can the listeners follow, I I guess, your running journey and check out what's happening on the station, um, prevalent on social media? I do like to do little videos of my life out here. so I put them on Instagram and I'm, I'm really not very um, technological at all. Um, but my Instagram is Sarah Lou Foster one four or um, running on a cattle station. I think you can find it under. And then uh, my Facebook is just Sarah Foster. Very good. Uh, and and I've, I've, I've trawled through a few bits and pieces. There's some really interesting stuff, that's for sure. Um, running, running through the cows, that's, that's pretty awesome. So yeah, I encourage anyone to get on and uh, follow Sarah's journey on into the Irrational South, I suppose. And, um, yeah, congratulations on, yeah, a tremendous uh, string of race results over the last four or five years and certainly doing it in unique circumstances. So, uh, yeah, well done. Great, great sort of positive attitude. We love to see that. Um, yeah, and hopefully we see, oh, the, see you down in the Blue Mountains for the, you know, ridiculous East or whatever they want to call it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think he's called that one the unreasonable East, which okay. is kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. All right, well, uh, I guess you better get to bed if you're getting up at 3.30 for the next run. So, well, um, yeah, chat chat to you when you're in New South Wales. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. Great to chat to you.